Hello, hello. What's up, friends? And welcome to WCWF Wrestling Chat with friends. As always, I am your favorite heel in heels, Megan Rickman Blackwood. We have got the Black Nerd tie coming out of the corner, fighting hard and strong for the week. And we also have Cheats, the cheater, old two belts. He didn't have his bring, he didn't bring his two belts. Bring- I looked so ridiculous last time, but I'm going to still bring him out, I'm sure. I loved him, but the uh, the addition oh. of the picker shirt is amazing. So how can we big up that? Brand new. Uh, it'll be at the Richmond Kickers game on Saturday. So it's the last home game of the season. They are not for sale yet. Um, we're giving them out to nonprofits at the Richmond Kickers game. Uh, well, nonprofit youth will be getting them at the game on Saturday. However, if we get enough momentum from, you know, people in the crowd that sees them and wants them, we'll probably try to make them available. But right now it's uh, Saturday, 6.30, and it'll be Sacred Heart Center. It'll be Partnership for the Future. It'll be Richmond Boys and Girls Club, and I believe the Crystal Ray School as well. So really excited. Richmond Kickers and Racism Shirts. That's exciting. All really good organizations out of the city doing great things. So support that. And as always, uh, we are here today um, and made possible thanks to the Cheats Movement Podcast Network. Uh, Cheats, Ty, you guys want to give us a little update on where things stand with the network? How it's going? It's a lot. There's a lot going on with the network. We're very excited about it. Um, Ty, obviously, is in pocket. Uh, as, as in the leadership team, we rounded rounded out the leadership team this week with our homie DJ Mentos. So Zach Young will be coming on in the leadership as well. We've got I don't know if we can tell too much. We don't want to tell too much. We got to talk. We got to talk wrestling. But we we've got about six or seven shows um, when we actually officially launched the network. Uh, probably a little bit later, probably start of November, going into uh, that holiday season. You'll be able to see more things, and then all the shows should be up and online uh, by 2022. So a lot of, got the leadership team in place, got some of the early shows in place, and uh, we're excited about the network. And I'm, I'm excited to have Megan Yu hosting Wrestling WCWF on the network. We're excited, obviously, to have Ty in, in the fold and everything that the shows are doing. So we're just pumped, man. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful time. Beautiful. Well, let's just let's jump into the wrestling because that's why we're here, right, guys? So tell me, as always, what is the best thing going in wrestling right now? What is the storyline you are the most excited about? Cheats, you cannot say the tribal chief thing this time. Fair enough. I'm pulling Go ahead, Ty. <laughs> GCW is the biggest news coming out. Everybody is there. The Briscoes, which I was very surprised to see. Uh, of course, Moxley, Thunder Rosa. Everybody coming into, I guess, ECW 3.0. <laughs> I call it now. Oh man, it was great. That show was great. Uh, it turned my stomach in all the good ways. I saw the bulbs. I saw the bulbs, and I enjoyed every second of it. I thought about you, Ty, when they started, because I was like, I was thinking about what everybody said they wanted, and they, like, weren't even done saying Mox's name yet, and the tubes were done, and I was like, well, Ty, check, he's good. (laughs) All right, Cheats, what about you? What storyline has you the most excited this week? What are you looking for? What's that you love? I mean, you definitely have to give love to you and and what they did over a, a crazy busy weekend. Like, they were going up against, I think, Wilder Fury, um, and there's just a bunch of stuff. But they really did keep it indie. If you looked at the videos of that GCW show, it was like they didn't have um, like all the seats were level. <laughs> they only had like a couple hundred people. They only had a couple hundred people in the in the thing in the arena in Jersey, and um, the pop. Uh, Megan, you and I already talked about this offline. But the pop that Thunder Rosa got from just showing up, uh, the pop that Chelsea Green got from showing up with uh, with Matt Cardona, Cardona um, all leading up to Gage Moxley, which I 
haven't even finished watching because I had my son with me and we can't we once the pizza cutter went to the face, I was I was out. I, I'm a little surprised that Moxley retained. Um, but uh, you know, I think he's gonna keep this GCW thing going for a while. And Mick Foley was there. It was it, it is by far now the most interesting indie in what they're trying to build up. And 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 it, that's that was a fascinating story. Um couple other things that that stood out to me and and tie tie bought this to my attention because I I didn't finish watching Raw. I had to catch up. And I could have swore before Raw finished that they were setting up a Kofi Kingston Xavier Woods King of the Ring match. But Ty as Ty told me and pointed out accurately uh, they, you know, Jinder Mahal got a clean pin on Kofi. Um, and I'm assuming that's setting up Crown Royal, like the the, the, the Saudi show, Jinder Mahal. They put Ali and uh, Mansoor on the show there as well. They're doing some things for the Saudi show that I think are unique um, or definitely cater to that audience. Um, and so that was interesting to see there. And I'm trying to think of, Oh, the last thing I'll say is it's interesting, and I'll move on, is we all knew going into last night, which was Tuesday night, that Swerve Scott was going to drop the title. Isaiah Swerve was going to drop it. He can't take – he got drafted. Hit Row got drafted to SmackDown. We can talk about that because that's a whole other thing. Um, but Hit Row got drafted to SmackDown. He's the champion. You know he's not going to take the title to the new spot. Uh, they didn't give it to Escobar, which I thought they would. Um, and they gave it to Carmelo Hayes as a cash-in, like almost like a money-in-the-bank contract cash-in after Swerve pinned Escobar clean. Gives it to Carmelo Hayes. So there's a new North American champion, young, two, the, uh, probably the first of the real 2.0 champions in NXT, um, Carmelo Hayes. So those are the things that's on my mind. Megan, what do you got? Um, for me, it is... Thunder, Thunder Rosa. Um, I've been very interested and inspired by this uh, younger batch of wrestlers that seem super into the intergender matches. Like a match I saw recently that I loved was uh, Layla Hurst and uh, Johnny Hungy, John Silver. It was like a match from back in their indie days. And it was just like this like joyful, fun match. Um, so I like that they're not as scared of that. Cause I think it's always been interesting to see the women get in the ring and just go with the men. Um, but there's always some sort of like kind of comedy aspect to it. And what I loved about Thunder Rosa, like it was not funny. She came to kick ass and kicked ass and like was taking down men twice the size. And, like good. made them look good. Like they made her look good. I'm just, I'm completely, I told you guys ever since the uh, the match with Britt Baker, like she's got me. I'm a fan for life now. And um, seeing her take on that spot in the scramble was just phenomenal. And I really hope that we get to a place where maybe that's something we can see a little bit more. Like if the if the women can hang, they should be able to shoot their shot just like anybody else. So um, that was my big one for the week was definitely Thunder Rosa. All right, so um, this is Wrestling Chat with Friends, so we can't do it without bringing in a friend. And this week, we're really excited um, to highlight another podcast that is talking about wrestling, culture, um, all the things that that we like to nerd out about here on WCWF. Um, so we are going to bring on Mo from the No Words Barred podcast. Mo, jump hey. on. <laughs> we don't have any sound effects. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on here. It's, a, it's always a pleasure and thrill to talk wrestling with other wrestleheads, man. So uh, so thank you. Thank you, Megan, uh, Cheats and Ty. Uh, you know, how y'all guys doing tonight? We're good. We're good. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So, Mo, we love to, to find out more about our guests and really how they got into wrestling. I think that's such an interesting story for so many people because it hits so close to home for so many people. Yeah. Um, what was it that sold you on the world of carny wonderfulness? That is all 
to my mother. My mother is the person that got me into wrestling. She was always a wrestling fan anyway. Um, um, my grandfather, apparently, and her went to numerous, like, wrestling shows, you know, when she was a kid, you know, in, in the New Jersey, New York area. You know, since we're all from 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 New York, she's from Brooklyn. But um, but yeah, she got me into it at a, at an early age. My first recollection of wrestling was uh, you know, watching uh the pay per views um in the early '90s. You know, I grew up in the Hulk Hogan era, so you know, for me, that was that was my first exposure. Of course, Hogan was my first like that. That was a, that nobody could touch Hogan. You know, back in the day, uh-huh. you know, to me. But uh, but definitely, that's. That's how I got into it, and on, and then plus just being fortunate to live in pretty much the headquarters of, you know, WWF. So, you know, being in that area, we was we had many. Uh, you know, they always traveled. They always came back, quote unquote, home. Anytime they came to New York, so uh, and of course all the time, but uh, Madison Square Garden. So many memories with that. But yeah, that's I've been a lifelong fan since as, as far as I can remember since day one. Um, well, first off, huge shout out to the moms that are, they're bringing their, their baby. <laughs> it's not always the dads. There's sometimes the moms are out there too. Right. Um, tell us something I think they can tell us, uh, tell a lot of people that know wrestling a lot about you is who your favorite is. So um, let's go all time. Like all time. Uh, Austin. That, that's, that's bar none for me, for me, no Austin. I mean, it, it's, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I have a lot of people that I love. I mean, the rock and taker, you know, like I said, I mean, Hogan and stuff like that. But for me, uh, uh, there, there was just no better thrill watching, uh, Austin during the attitude era. And, and, um, and I mean, that's, and it's around the time that I had gotten, I took a break from watching wrestling for a while. So when I got back in, um, it was around, that time where just before like 90 it was like late 95 96 i uh, got back to watching wrestling but austin seen the rise of him from when he first got there i remember the first time i saw him on uh superstars uh and he used to come on saturday mornings and so the first time seeing him as the ringmaster and didn't see what he had become i i mean that that's it was just amazing but it's just a great time and uh and it's it, it just watching him and then that was and it also went back to my mother like that's her favorite also so that was always a, like a bond me and her and even my sister we had my sister was more of a rock person but uh but austin definitely uh he takes the cake for me personally well that's i think that's a good one for us to to hit on this week so uh bleacher report put out their uh top five list of of rising stars but we're gonna ignore those those marks and we're gonna we're gonna mark out on um you guys since since most favorite is austin let's stay in that vein so ass kicker beer drinker um crowd maybe maybe going past wrestling right because austin really he never even though he didn't do the movies or a lot of the commercials and stuff he was still like the guy that transcended wrestling so whether it be aew or wwe who has that austin spirit in the wrestlers that are out right now and who do you think can catapult to that level level ty we'll start with you what are your thoughts You can't solve me. You had to solve me. Okay. We're on a spot. Well, I'm going to steal someone's answers. I know it's going to be one person's answers. And that's Moxley. Moxley has that, uh, that stone cold aura about him. He, uh, if he, if he ever cares to go into, you know, other ventures, anything like that, then he could probably do it. Like movies, anything else like that. He could probably transcend that in a, within a W within WWE. I mean, I hate to say this, but uh, big time Bex. Becky Lynch mm. has that has that that Austin-ish kind of attitude with this Conor McGregor kind of uh, character she's portraying. And she has that it factor. Not the greatest, like she said, not the greatest wrestler. She's not anywhere, like she's nowhere near Bailey or Sasha or Charlotte. I don't think anyone's near Charlotte. But um, she has a gift of gab. No, it's a good point. I'm trying to think, because when I think of Austin, I'm thinking, like, straight bad MFR, right? Like, he's going to come into the ring. Like, the glass breaks. He's all business. He comes into the ring and, and starts wrecking shop. And um, I, I'm trying to think of somebody currently. Before that, uh, before Austin, I'm thinking of the Road Warriors type, right? Like, remember 
when the road warriors would just like run to the music would come in and they would just run to the ring and just start wrecking shop. And then it kind of translated to um, kind of that attitude with Austin. I'm trying to think now I like Ty. I like your answer about Lynch. Um, Lynch, the, 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 the product noun is obviously a little bit different than even the attitude era. So there's a lot more, um, uh, you know, kind of like flash and circumstance. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. They had their time where Austin, you know, they gave Austin 15 minute promos at the, at the top of the block. Uh, but now it, you know, he also seemed like he kind of beat up somebody every week and was stunning folks. And um, so it's a little bit more, I think, showy in the WWE product now than the attitude era, but Bex is probably Becky Lynch is probably the person that, is a little bit less frills. She's going to talk her trash, but she's a little less frills. And she's going to, she's always going to get her uh, piece of the action, if you will. And AEW, um, this is an interesting one, but the way that they built up Miro, mm-hmm. um, the Redeemer character, is somebody that's pretty no nonsense. That's pretty, I'm going to come in the ring and up until this Sammy Guevara title, it's happy Latin Latinx Heritage Month. I'm very happy that Sammy got got a belt. Um, I like. I hope they keep that rivalry going. But Miro, um, and and to a lesser extent Kingston, um, because Kingston has great promos, no nonsense, not a lot of frills. Um, but uh, but Miro is probably the one that can probably be a little bit more of a star so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it with those two in aew and uh wwe Mo, i thought you were gonna, gonna say brian pillman jr i was waiting for it <laughs> i'm not so i'm not there yet you know you know that i'm not there yet at all pillman jr. i mean aew wise um I, I i may have to go with ty on this one with um with moxley because i mean it, it's it, the image, as far as the image wise, like it, that's the closest thing that I, to me, that I see like resemble or relatable to how you know Austin looked and his attitude and I guess in wrestling style too. Like Moxley is more, you know, it, he could do the technical stuff, but now he's more built as like a brawler, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for for the most part, which is kind of funny because that's how Austin was. I mean, given he had to switch up his style during, you know, due to the neck injury. Um, but uh, WWE, wow. Um, I mean, I could see why why Becky would be a choice. But um, as far as somebody that I could think that, you know, as soon as his music hits, you know, you're going to get a, a, a louder. You're going to get a reaction from like everybody. All the eyes is fixated on the person. Um, and I don't. And it and it's, you know, it's kind of hard to do. Like you said, cheats. You know, the way the industry is and in WWE, how different it is now as compared to the Attitude Era. Uh, but I'm gonna throw in my man, the man that's been talking, talking a lot of mess. He will come to the ring. He will fight. He will. He will knock you out. I gotta go with the tribal chief, man. Tribal chief, like, come on. I, 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 and, and I'm talking about this recent incarnation of Roman Reigns. Right. Um, this is what you know in that wrestling community kind of, you know, demanded or, or wanted to see out of him. Somebody, it was a more authentic trash talk because he has that look like, you know, he could go into the ring and, and put anybody in front of him. I mean, and they kind of build him, build him up as that from, from the start with shield. Um, but definitely that that's for me, that's who I, who I go with. I mean, he, he, he does a lot of talking. He's not, a, Hey Reigns, he's a good promo guy. And, and, and now what we're seeing from him, we've been seeing them for like the past year and change. Um, it, it's definitely uh, gives me that type of awesome feel where he's on TV. I want to watch or sec- whatever segment that he's in. I want to watch that segment because I'm that intrigued to what he's saying. And I don't know what's going to happen next. And then, of course, you had the Paul Heyman factor with that. But, um, but definitely uh, Roman Reigns for sure. Okay, well, uh, Mo, I don't, for, for those of you who've been with us, you know this, but Mo, now I can tell you, I don't watch WWE. I'm a uh, conscientious, conscientious objector because I, I think the McMahon's <laughs> dirty business. 
So I'll give you guys two from AEW. Mox, obviously. Um, I'm a huge John Moxley Mark, have been from day one. Um, I think he's there, but Ty said something like really important, and it was if he ever cares to. I don't think Moxley ever wants to transcend wrestling because I think he is a wrestler and loves wrestling. And I think it's very evident now when he's got, you know, multi-million dollar contracts and he's laying it all on the line to like wrestle with Nick Gage in a gym. (laughs) So, um, so I think that it would be the only thing that would bring him hold him back. So I'm going to introduce another name to the table that all of you guys missed. And I'm so disappointed Cowboy shit. Hangman. Oh. Hey. Hey, Hangman page. They love him. They, they do. They do. They do. I, and you know what? I'm not sold on them, but they love him. You're not sold on Hangman. Tell us why. No. no, I don't know why. I just he just he hasn't won me. Like I've I've since AEW's been on TV with Dynamite and then obviously come in. Um, you know, they and they've made some really great matches. Um, Hangman and Pack and, and um, Hangman, they've got some really good stories, storylines with Hangman and the Dark Order and that type of thing. And he can go in the ring, man. I, the, the Hangman that returned at the Casino Battle Royal is the first time, and it was probably because he was so over with the crowd, it was the first time that I was like, okay, this is something different. Before, I was just like, I wanted to see more i want to see different folks um and i really didn't get the to get, get the hangman appeal um a lot of historians will say hangman reminds them of a magnum ta i remember magnum ta i thought magnum ta i remember him in the old nwa territory days i thought he was great and i didn't see i could see the comparisons but i just didn't see it right away in hangman but if he continues what he did with the Casino Battle Royal in regards to, because he can he can go, but maybe seeing the crowd put him over so much was the first time where I was like, because obviously there was a lot of period where there was no crowd or there was a very small crowd and I couldn't really see, you know, you're just kind of assuming who was over. But he is really over and I was surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised at the uh, battle, Casino Battle Royal. Yeah, definitely. When his music hit at a casino at the at the casino battle royale, like people lost their shit. I watched uh, BT this, and they had the segment of him from behind, and like they do that all the time. Like they had it when Cole came out and Brian Danielson and stuff like that. Like that pop for Cole, uh, not for Cole. That pop for Paige was insane. Like mm-hmm. it felt mm-hmm. like. It- the building when they and then honestly like the the feud they built up with him and Kenny I think like is a really long-term payoff that I think the fans are going to uh reward so I'm on the hangman train okay we're about halfway through so this is where I like to I'm going to turn heel and ask you guys a question that may not be a uh, popular opinion but we're going to get it out there Mo, I definitely want to start with you. I know everybody in the wrestling world has been just elated and excited that our our dude, our straight edge savior, CM Punk, came back. He'll take, he'll turn. Um, I haven't been super impressed since he's been back, whether it be on the mic or in the ring. Um, what do you guys think? Is he living, is the return living up to the hype? Is it maybe he should have left his boots hung up? Where are we standing on this? Um, as far as I I feel like, of course, there was a lot of hype leading up to, you know, everybody, you know, has a, you know, not mostly a lot of people has a uh, love for punk. Um, so far his AEW run, um, I'm not really highly impressed about it. Um, I think a lot of it, I don't know if a lot of it has to do with how, um, I don't know if he has a lot of creative direction. I'm I'm assuming that he does over there. And I don't know if it's one of those things where um, fans, the excitement towards him was more so the buildup of him finding out where he was going to go wrestle next. And that that first match that he had with Darby, 
um, you know, what's a good match. But I feel that and, and me and my whole co-host, Chris, he would he agrees also felt like Darby should have got the win for that match. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I've been kind of indifferent about Punk's, uh, you know, his presence in AEW. Like, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you know what to expect from Punk. Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, I guess finding him to establish himself for a certain rivalry. Um, you know, I know he has this thing with Team Taz um, going on, and which is, you know, which is fine in its, in its right itself. But I think a lot of people are going to, they're kind of just anticipating waiting for him to see when he actually does challenge for the title belt. Uh, and, and I think that's when it, it, everything will pick back up for him. I mean, everybody know that he's there and happy that he's wrestling again. Um, but I, I would be lying if I said I was uh, impressed with everything that he's doing so far. And, and I don't know if it's also kind of leftover stigma from, you know, majority mainstream fans, you know, everybody still, you got to think about AEW still relatively new even though, you know, it feels like they've been, you know, around for, you know, for a good long while, but it's still relatively new. Still a lot of people catching on on to the, the, the company. So for a lot of people, a lot of hype with, without, with Punk, unfortunately, it feels like it, a lot of it is WWE. You know, if he had went back there, then I feel like the, the buzz around him would be much higher. And, 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 I, and that's unfair, you know, and I don't think that he actually needs to be over there. And the E, he's fine with AEW. It fits him more perfectly since that the type of he wants to do wrestling instead of sports entertainment. Um, but I don't know. We just got to see how, how it goes. I mean, it's still felt, it's still fresh him being over there. Um, I knew, like I said, the initial hype was going to be the main thing that, that was going to get everybody excited to see how his first match was going to go. But I think everything for him will wind up picking back up. I guess once he starts fighting, you know, uh, like I said, it, it, you know, if he starts fight, fighting Moxley or, or, or you know, Brian Danielson, um, you know, uh, and other guys there, like as far as, uh, you know, it's world title. Like that's that's going to be the main thing for, for everybody as far as to be excited about him again. At least that's what I feel. Mm. Ty, what are you thinking? How are you feeling with Punk's return so far? Oh, Ho, Megan, Mo, Mark. Three M's right here. You all are missing the point when it comes to punk. Mm -hmm. See, what was the downfall of TNA? When you kept getting WWE guys and then pushing them directly to the main event. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not making that same mistake. They are... Punk right now is on his feel-good tour where he's just happy. When you Everyone just thinks that he's just happy to be there. And then once y'all get, like, start getting over with him, being that happy-go-lucky, then he's going to turn heel and make you all hate him. That's the plan. That's the long... The AEW does long-term booking. Right. Going, going all the way back to the Hangman thing. Hangman has the longest-running storyline ever. Mm -hmm. Cause you, cause they're taking stuff back all the way back from his ROH days when he was the guy with the most promise. His Bullet Club days in New Japan when he was the one that had the most potential, and then his now his AEW days where he's he's the guy that's supposed to be up next, but he fails because he's always self sabotaging. He's sticking it all the way back. CM Punk is, and once he turns. Once he turns, it's going to be the CM Punk that y'all have been waiting for. Just got to wait. I think it's been. I think his run has been well because they brought ratings. They brought people yes, into the seats. They brought the casual fans in. Uh, I don't think um, Brian da Brian Danielson, no matter how over he is, without Punk being there first, would not have got as much because he was just he was just wrestling maybe a month ago at WrestleMania. Uh, even Miro, everybody was coming over there. Adam Cole would have, Adam Cole would have got popping away because Adam Cole's over anywhere he goes. <laughs> um, but just wait, just wait. He's going to, he's going to do something that's going to be despicable. It's going to make you hate him, mm -hmm. and then you're always going to be saying, it's "Like I get it now, I get it now." Sorry, yeah. I had, to, had to go into my heel. No, I, right I like it. I like it, and I think, <laughs> I think everybody is right. To an extent, um, first and foremost, 
huge punk has been a huge get for mm-hmm. AEW regardless if he wrestled one match by him signing with that company instantly gave legitimacy legitimacy and star power like star power he's the biggest star at AEW he's not you know he's not Moxley in regards to wrestling he's not Omega in regards to international stuff but in regards to commercial star it's Punk and probably Brian Daniels uh, Brian Danielson because of what they did in WWE and how they were able to kind of transcend this, uh, you know, the whole wrestling entertainment and cultural stuff. That's the, that, so what I think you're a hundred percent right about Megan is when you actually watch his matches, the two matches that he's had, uh, the Darby Allen match and the powerhouse Hobbs match, he's mad rusty. And the question now you have to start asking with layoffs, with age, with, you know, those types of things is, can he really go? So he's getting the opportunity to be in the ring with Darby Allen. He's going to get the opportunity to get in the ring with Ricky Starks. We know that Darby Allen and Ricky Starks and those guys are itching to go. And I think, Ty, you're exactly right, too. This is a perfect place to use him right now because we're going to care more about a Ricky Starks match than we've ever cared about Yeah, because he's going against CM Punk. So they're doing this thing perfectly. And hopefully, and I don't know the answer to this, but hopefully he's continuing to get himself back into shape, continuing to get himself into fighting weight, continuing to get himself to the point where when he does turn heel, and he will eventually, they could stretch this thing out for a very long time. But when he turns heel and has everybody, you know, he's he's starting to move up and, and, and figure out where his heel persona is going to be and have the baby faces really take him on and matches that matter. I, I think that it's a perfect setup. So big get for AEW. I think perfect setup the way they're using them now to put some of these guys that can really go in the ring and get eyes on them. His wrestling hasn't lived up to what we remember, which was what? Seven years ago. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. It's right. Insane. He's seven years older. He's heavier. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot that isn't going to go right, but Hopefully, if he's dedicated to really committing himself back into daily in-ring training and work and, and that stuff, there's still he's still going to be seven years older. But we haven't seen a match yet in what you're like, oh, that's the old CM Punk. He's doing things that, you know, he did seamlessly and making it look good. Right now, it seems like he's tired. <laughs> it seems like it's a struggle. You know what I mean? It looks like he's trying. Um I, I would also say, though, that that guy, five, six, eight minutes on the mic, I don't care if that dude's reading the phone book. It's going to get – it's going over. It's oh, gold. Can, He's gold can, can on I the mic. Something? Go ahead, can, I, can I say something that, that, that's uh, – since we're doing, you know, unpopular opinions right now. Okay. I have never been impressed with CM Punk's wrestling ability. Ever? Ever. Ever. From ROH on up. Wow. I've never been that that's a hot take, Todd. Wrestling. That's a read. That's a that's a read, Todd. Mm, wow. His, his Macho Man double drop is 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 kind of trash. It is. Bailey does it better. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't you can't match or mimic the Macho Man elbow drop. I mean that's just uh, and even to a certain extent, a Shawn Michaels one. Like there's just certain ones that certain wrestlers they have that athletic ability to, to pull it off uh, as close as them. But nah, it, it's. I've never really been a fan of him adopting that as far as like one of his moves. Like, I don't know. It just was just weird. I mean, I know a lot of times he does it in, in, in you know, like to honor him, but uh, I don't know. It's just, nah. round, it just round doesn't look good. He doesn't look crisp. Round Robin really quick. Out of 10, what do you give CM Punk's in-ring work? One through Overall, 10 on a scale. Like for, on a scale. Yeah, I mean, it, CM Punk's in-ring work. Not like, yeah, not just his comeback. Ty just made a hot take. We got to follow through with it. Six. Six. Wow. Wow. Six. Mo? I, I give it an eight. Okay. Eight? Yeah, I'm going to go eight, too. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't see what y'all see. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go eight, too. I don't understand. His GTS, his stolen move from Kenta. His, yeah, his, I mean, yeah. Sloppy. So first of all, the lore of CM Punk, if you really think about it, and you had mentioned back in his ROH days, like it's really mostly, I think people when it comes to CM Punk, they're not really that much invested really into his his moveset. It's just, it's always been his character. His character has been the thing that's always been the most appealing part of him. Yeah. You know, general and right, right, right. And, yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned it, Ty. As far as a heel turn, his best character, his best work has always been a heel. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you always look back at it, and even if you look back in when he was in the E, the you know the the straight edge savior uh, character, that that character was really the one that got people the, the eyes onto him, and everybody started to like him. You know, the, the, everything that he was before when he was a baby face and that failed ECW stuff, and even. You know, the, uh, the first time he had gotten the world world title. You know, everybody was like, whatever, you know. But it was like, and actually it was like kind of towards, like like I said, the end of that world title reign. And then then he transitioned into the straight edge savior. But the straight, straight edge savior thing, that's what really got the eyes on him. And that's what really, like a lot of people like woke up like, whoa, wait a second. Like, all right, I, this guy is doing something totally different. And it's something that even though he's a heel, like you, you're tapping into people's personal beliefs, and once you do that, you're reeling them in. You just—it's just a typical hero move. You just reel them in, reel them in, and and, and as, as we know, a lot of, a lot of us, you know, wrestling fans, we tend to like to go and think outside the box, and we tend to go with ideas that is different and new, that is not, you know, on quote unquote brand with what you know whatever it is that we're supposed to. Like, I mean, that's been going on forever since day one. But specifically with him, that is the most appealing part always been about CM Punk is this whole character. But his best work will always be when he is in heel. So, yeah, if this, is all, if this is all building up to him being in the heel, then that's perfectly fine. That's great. It's just a matter of the timing and the right person situation. Like, how does that, you know, how does that transpire who is the person that he is going to do something against that people are so heavily invested in that they're going to make him make them be like, you know what? No, we can't, we can't deal with this. You know, we don't want to cheer for him anymore, but it's just so hard today. It's just because people absolutely love heels, you know, and more than ever. It feels like and it's harder for CM Punk because right now he's just wrestling to wrestle. Right. Right. He's just picking, he doesn't have like a real storyline. He's just picking guys that he wants to work with and go. And so when you do that, it's really hard to figure out what whose side is who. Like, he was like, I picked Darby Allen because he's awesome. Let's wrestle. And <laughs> it's like you watch that match and you're like, who are they rooting for? They're rooting for Punk, but they love Darby as well. So I think the Starks, who Megan I know loves, I think the Starks, Starks has the ability to be a really great heel as well. Like, right now they've made Cage the heel and Starks is, is, is wrestling Cage. But if he... If they go through Team Taz to end up with Ricky Starks versus CM Punk, in that scenario, Starks is going to be the heel. But I think that'll be a match where people are paying attention to both men and they're going to look into it and see it. Interesting thing, and I and, and I, Megan, I'm going to kick it back to you, but I know this is going to strike most sensibilities, be, being that he grew up as a Hogan guy. And I, I have to uh, say that that's really why. So as I think we've established in many ways, you can we can argue, but I think being heel is actually harder than being a face in regards to carrying creative, and that's why I've always defaulted to Flair over I Hogan I as the greatest of all time because Flair always made you hate him but love him. You loved him. You didn't know you loved him, but Hogan was so over as a face. And when he turned heel, even in the NWO, he was a great heel. But it was like, we're just waiting for the yellow trunks to come back. And they like, we were, we didn't believe it as much as we should have because we were waiting for that face character, you know, to come back. Flair, no matter what Flair did, was like a heel that for some people, people just liked, depending on what the situation was. He was yeah. always Flair, he always yeah. was going to cheat and dirty tactics and so forth. But if he was if he was wrestling Van Vader, they were like, Flair's the greatest. And he, he was still the same heel guy. He was just fighting Van Vader. It was great. It was great. But I've always I've always loved that greatest of all time. And there's only really now there's difference, but 
for I don't know how many decades. It was only Flair and Hogan. That was like who who's who's the top of the food chain. Now it's different, but I love that. I so when I hear Hogan guys, I was like, Oh no, I, you won't find a hey, listen, I have not I don't disagree, you know, with, with, with <laughs> at all. Like I mean, as far as as far as in terms of the whole wrestling, if you think about the history, yeah, Flair is is the goat. Like that, there is no denying that, you know, at, at all. Um, and it's just, and I remember when when he finally did come to the E. Uh, I mean, people people knew who Flair was. Explosion. And and that built up, and that was part of the whole lore of you know the whole you know well back in back then Hogan and, and Flair, but. You know, I would not disagree with you at all, man. As far as all time, all time, Flair takes the cake with that. Uh, but I, I, being years later, I mean, as a kid, you know, you couldn't tell me that. But years later, now that I know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if I was, if I was my age now, back then, nah, I'm not cheering for Hogan at all. I, I'm just not. <laughs> this is not happening. But uh, so I, I just had to get that point across. No, I love it. I love it. I, I, love, it. I, know it was I, love, I love that. I love that discussion. I love that discussion. <laughs> I'm always down for like side arguments about who's the best from like our childhood. Cause I feel like we remember them so differently. Cause right now y'all are having this argument and in my head, I'm like, they both win the misogynistic racist award. Real life jerks. Put myself back in like little kid mode. And for me still, it's like, it's, it's the wild man on the ropes, right? Like nothing that in like when I imagine little kid me, but it's so hard to get back. Know what we know about them as adults. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But as child us, like, yeah, you're sold. You're sold all day. Uh, Cheats, what are we looking like on time? We're looking great. We're looking great. No, you know, unfortunately no AEW dynamite tonight. So we're, uh, we can we can move up closer to the hour, but we're looking great. Um, next topic, Megan. I love it. Okay. Well, um, something that since we have a little time, something I'd like to dive into because I think we all are uh, we all are are rooting for Punk to do more in AEW. So let's do a little fantasy booking. How does Punk turn heel? Mo, guess first. Ah, I don't know. That's. Because it's one of those things that you have to really look at how things are going to be. I, I give it about, I don't know. I, I want to say, give it to January. I say give it to January and, and, and see where where are we at. I mean, uh, to right now, it's kind of harder to, to determine that. Like, like what he would have to do against one specific person to, to get that type of heel, uh, the heel heat, uh, it's... It's kind of hard to determine that at, at this moment, you know, because like I said, it has to be the right person in the right time. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything. I don't see Omega being a baby face or anything like that. Uh, I, I guess, you know, based off of, you know, and I and I agree, Megan, what you said about the page uh, reaction when he came back, the crowd lost their minds. I guess in a sense, I mean, that's the person that he, he would have to do something you know, uh, against him, I guess, after Paige winds up, you know, winning the title. And I don't know. Like, it's – I guess that's the closest thing I can think of at this moment. He can't do anything not, – not unless – not unless it's something against, like, you know, Brian Danielson or something like that. I don't know. Maybe he has to beat up Sting or – I have no idea, you know. Somebody – it has to be against somebody that everybody just loves so much that – they're so deeply invested, emotionally invested in that if something happened to them, uh, like whoever it is, like, no, oh, no, that person, they hate that person. So I, I don't, it's kind of hard. It's really kind of hard to determine that right now because we don't know how the landscape of it is going to be even four or five months from now. Um, but I predict, my prediction is sometime around January, February. I want to lean more towards January that, we could potentially see enough time that has built up over time, enough investment in the punk's character and knowing that he's there for him to do that turn. It's just a matter of who it is going to be against. I don't know. It's hard to determine. You know, you can make a fantasy booking based off him being a baby face, but mm-hmm. as a heel, ah, that, that's for me, that's tough to, to determine that right now. Uh, we're going to be checking in with no words, barred park podcast in January to see if you're yeah. 
True hope. <laughs> All right, Ty. All right, fantasy booking. You got Tony Khan's ear. How does Punk turn heel? Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. You were talking about the most beloved little hairy monkey flipping guy? Jungle Boy. <laughs> He is going to he if you want to get the most heat on him, attack Jungle Boy. Do something with Jungle Boy. I like it. I think that's wise. I was gonna go with Brian Daniels. <laughs> so that so because I think I think Mo's exactly right. And I actually think it's gonna be much longer than, than January. I think they play the long game um in regards to the top of the top of the card. And what you do is you put you know, ultimately you get Hangman as a face to get the belt and then somebody can can turn Hill and, and challenge that. But I, I think it's what what they're doing now with Punk, it's what are these kind of fantasy matches that you can do? Uh, who who do you want to see him work against? I think Jungle Boy is a great example, Ty. And I also think Brian Danielson's going to have to find a home. Him and Christian Cage both are going to have to find places in the company. Both of them are over his faces. Um, and then I think what happens is they, they just kind of set it up like one of those other matches, like, Hey man, I really want to work with Brian again. I'm sure we've had a match in the past or we may have never had a match. Um, and let's do it. And then the kind of the audience chooses, chooses sides. And I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a tough call in regards to the kind of over the top face love that, that Brian's gotten since he's, since he's come in. And I think if he can do some dastardly things, right, to to in that lead up to that fight to establish himself as uh as the heel side of that, I think that I think Jungle Boy, like you said, I think possibly Orange Cassidy, even though Cassidy's losing a lot of steam. Um, he was he was super over during the the virus shutdown, and I think he's lost a lot of steam when the audiences came back. Um, funny how that works, but. Um, I think if you're starting to do really kind of bad things to some of those super over faces, then he can get there. But I, I, yeah, I don't necessarily see him in the title picture as much as I see, especially going through, especially the first half of next year, kind of doing this cherry picking of matches and just seeing kind of where he ends up. Okay. So my stupid answer is that he GTS is negative one. And then automatic heel. My uh, uh, I think I saw a preview of it. I don't know if anybody watched the other night after uh, Rampage. Tony Khan did this whole thing where he like was doing this like ECW thing, and he brought out uh, Taz and Jericho, yeah, and, and Dean Malenko. And I don't know if you watched or not, but there was a section where Punk came out and said, you forgot about me. I was the champ. I should be out here. I think if Punk is going to turn heel on anyone, it's going to be CM Punk. And it's going to be from us having these conversations where we're like, Punk can't go. I can see him cutting like the perfect promo. Like I came back after seven years for you ungrateful fans and blah, blah, blah. And then just like wrecking shop. That would be like, if I was Tony Khan, Getting like a privileged and pissed off CM Punk, mad because we don't love him as much as we're supposed to after he's cooled off a little bit. I think that would be a solid heel turn for him. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's I like it. Stuff. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So, Mo, uh, we normally like to take a little time to uh, put our friends over here on sure. WC. WF. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast. I know you said you started back in, you said April of last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, at April this year. This April year. This year. Yeah. 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 We, um, we started back in, we started in April. Um, and it was an idea that me and my man, Chris, um, uh, we known each other, uh, for years, um, since back in when he was at VCU. And it's funny you mentioned cheats, you know, it's kind of similar to how we met, you know, through all the, uh, slapdash shows over here. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man, Octavian and Kane. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I met him through those shows. He always went to those shows too. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that we, um, uh, we just saw each other a lot, you know, we linked up, we, 
you know, then we started talking more and, you know, we found out that we had that common, you know, love for wrestling and, and, and music and stuff. And um, it's just one of those things and an idea that we had thought about a couple of years ago, like, man, it would be nice if we do something where we just talk about this, you know? Um, so it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we decided to kick it into high gear and, you know, really get the ball rolling on it. And, uh, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we mostly, like I said, we focus on, you know, speaking about the stuff that's going on a lot in wrestling um you know chris is he he does a lot of he does a lot of watching outside of the mainstream aw and, and the e um you know he does a lot of watching of, of new japan and all the other uh wrestling organizations that surround a lot of into the indie stuff himself but um but yeah uh we we focus a lot on that uh we talk about other stuff you know other sports we talk about what's going on in you know nba nfl um and uh, and and anything that's going on within the sports world. And, um, you know, we, we also touch on music stuff also. You know, I mean, we, we're both avid music lovers. Um, he used to do some writing uh, music articles uh, years ago. Um, so, you know, and then for me, I'm just a, just a music head just in general. So it, it's a mix of a lot, all that stuff. I mean, like I said, we, we call it No Words Bar because, you know, we, we're, we're, we're 100%, uh, you know, raw with whatever we talk about, you know, is unfiltered. You know, we could care less, but hey, we, everybody has their opinions and stuff, and it's fine. You know, as long as you're doing it in a respectful manner, you know, you're not, you know, not, none of that, none of that crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, we we had we're very we're opinionated people about you know the stuff you know within wrestling. I mean, we're we're passionate about it. We love the you know we love watching it. We're just fans, and you know, even times that we could get a little bit uh cranky with, with some fans also um, and their expectations, uh, especially in this social media driven world that we're in now. Um, but, but yeah, uh, we love talking about it. Um, we just, uh, just actually, uh, posted a new episode about, uh, a couple of days ago. I think we're, we're up to, uh, we're up to 13 posting another one later on this week. You know, what we like to do sometimes also is that, uh, cause a lot of our shows, we got, we touch on numerous stuff, you know, probably like last, like an hour, hour and a half or something like that. But then every once in a while, we like to just touch on speaking just one subject throughout the whole show to kind of break the monotony of stuff. Um, and it doesn't always have to be sports and music. It could be something about life stuff. It could be something politics, whatever. You know, a lot of this stuff eventually blends into the sports culture. So that's where we always want to focus everything, bring everything back towards, you know, sports, because it does, you know, all, everything interconnects and intertwines with one another. So that's what we're about, you know, but we love what we do. We love what we talk about. And, uh, you know, we're always... Hey, the more the married people, you know, listen on to it. We're available all, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts. You know, we're all on there. Um, but yeah, definitely, you I know. Got, look, I got a good, I got a good question. Then, given everything that's been happening last last couple of weeks, you can choose. It's for everyone. You can choose one person from society that's not a wrestler. One person from society, sports, music, whatever, culture. Who is your heel of the week or heel of the month? Who's outside of wrestling? Who is a societal heel right now? And why? You got to say why. Daddy, considering who would be, it would be a great wrestling heel right now for the world. And I've got like two or I've got like two or three to come to mind right well, away. It's not wrestling. I mean, is is the biggest heel right now, John Gruden? <laughs> That's a good he one. A big heel right That's now. A great one. That's a great one. John I Gruden. mean, John Gruden. That, a great there's one. no bigger heel than him right now. Anybody? Ty, Megan, who you got? Big uh, heel right now. I'm gonna try not to get myself in trouble. But Don't get in trouble, Megan. Megan, go go national. Go national. Megan. I, say that the biggest heel right now is the citizen chair members from the redistricting committee that wants <laughs> to job and now the Supreme Court is going to redraw our district. Again. <laughs> I like it, Megan. I like it. Ty, you got one? I was like, look, look Megan, you know I'm trying to protect you too. I'm like, Megan, go down. You know I say go down. <laughs> Megan is, uh, she can go local right now. She can go state in a minute. Oh, I'm going to say say someone that all y'all going to most people going to disagree with me with. All right, Ty, that's why we're here. Kanye West. Oh. A, he's like a universal heel hall of fame right now. Just what? for being Kanye West. In particular. <laughs> <laughs> he will always be here. 
<laughs> his face card is never returning. But he's nah, like, nah. he's he's healed for life. He's healed yeah. for life right now. I'm gonna go. I, 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 it's interesting that you say that, Mo, because I'm this particular person. I wonder if their face card can ever return. But I'm gonna go with the flavor of the week, hot topic of the week in the day. Kyrie Irving. Uh, yeah. Kyrie yep. Irving is yep. a national heel right now for no, a number of reasons. Yes. And if Kyrie, the, the question for me is, like you said, Mo, if he goes back, can he ever be a face again? If the Brooklyn Nets even, if he comes back and gets vaccinated or doesn't get vaccinated, comes back and plays, they win the championship with Durant, Harden, and Kyrie and Blake Griffith and Lamarcus. Can Kyrie Irving as a person ever be a face again? Yeah, he can be. If he winds up getting vaccinated and being on back on the court, and everybody's happy that he's playing basketball again, that's the, that's the, that's the only option. That's the only way. I mean, that's, that's, I can hear right. the option. I have an option for Kyrie Irving. The Earth could actually be flat, and we push him off the edge of it. <laughs> I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna say that. I'm above, that. You know what I'm gonna say? <laughs> I'm gonna say, no matter what happens now, he can't be a face again. I think he, I think even after, I think he, a guy like Kyrie Irving, a lot like a Kanye, they're in this kind of, I'm going to embrace this, the position I'm in. Right. And it works for some people. It didn't work for like, say LeBron James, when he wanted to put the mask on and be the bad guy. It didn't work for him. However, it works just fine for Kanye. It does. I don't know. And And I think Kyrie's stubborn enough stubborn enough because he's the center of the basketball universe right now and i think he's stubborn enough where he's gonna say and and he's gonna be the type of person in my mind he'll be the type of person that says well when kaepernick didn't say anything he got praised and loved like you know what i mean i'm just saying this is how people like people think right and then he'll and then i don't know him i can't say how but i can say like well, Kaepernick didn't speak, and now everybody. But he's—I I think it's interesting. I love the—I love the conversation. I know we got to go, Megan. I didn't want to. I just—I lo- love that. Who's the heel of the week question? I love the the heel turn, Megan. Good work. I I support this and think it should be a weekly question. <laughs> I will tell you right now, my my answer will always be Kanye. But you gotta come up with like a thing he did that week. Kanye can't be the heel of the week just for existing. That's he not- woke up. He woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I let- Zonda tried really hard. It's not her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but nonetheless. Um, so all right, that's Thanks. I think. That's it for this week. That's that's wrestling. Mo, uh, shout out your handles. Where can they yeah. they get you? Yeah. So uh, no words bar no words barcast is uh, all one word on Instagram. We have an Instagram page. Um, I just put up a Facebook page uh, about last week. I still got to get to you know put a lot of stuff on there. Uh, but uh, the, 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 as far as on Twitter, um, me I'm Mo underscore B underscore Knowing. Um, my man Chris, he is rappers or actors on Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we both, you know, you could always contact, we're always available. You could contact us way, one way or another. We also, I mean, or if you want to, you know, we always suggest people to, you know, chime in, give their input, feedback, you know, or if there's anything, maybe topics that they want us to discuss about. Um, we also got our, our email, no words barred cast at gmail.com. Um, you know, you could always send stuff to there, but there's many ways you could. You can access us and, and get to us. I mean, really, um, I'm more of a social media person than Chris, maybe, but uh, but definitely, uh, like I said, Moby Knowing underscores in between each word. Rappers are actors. No words podcast on pod, uh, on on Instagram. Like I said, find us anywhere. Um, anything podcast related, uh, app, streaming apps are available. And you know, we look forward to more people uh, listening and uh, you know, and, and touching more a lot of stuff. You know, um, but we 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 definitely. Uh, I got one time. Got to get my man Chris on here so he could, you know, say his oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, for sure. Absolutely. So shout out to him a lot. And um, and yeah, that's how you can reach us. And uh, you know, thank you guys for giving a giving us a, a platform to you know represent ourselves on here. And uh, you know, you guys do a great job yourselves. So 
So uh, definitely, definitely keep it, keep an ear out for, for, for us. Absolutely. Well, you know, we always love to put our friends over. So if you're watching this, make sure you go add them on Insta, uh, check out their podcast. There is never too many shows talking about wrestling. No. We could no. do this all day, every day, and there still wouldn't be enough shows talking about wrestling. Because right. what you like is cooler than what you like. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to send the crowd home happy and count it out. One, two, three. That's a wrap. Yeah. Peace and blessings. We'll catch yeah, y'all next time. Right. See you at the end, bro.